Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Ready for the word? All right. I love it. Okay. So we're going to be in Matthew 13. And um, in Matthew 13, of course, you have Jesus sharing these parables. Um, you get uh, down toward the end, and he's sharing a, a set of parables that, that are really compacted together, um, just talking about the kingdom of God. And that's what I want to talk about today. In the parables, you know what, I'm not going to go on explaining. I'm going to get into the scripture, okay? Sometimes I, I give away the the stuff before I get to it. So Matthew 13, verse 45, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So you have this this merchant that goes and, and he is seeking out this treasure, okay? He is seeking out pearls or jewels or whatever, and he's looking for these things. And and in this word, um, in the Greek, it it says of great price or of extreme value. And this merchant is is seeking out, is searching for these precious uh, pearls or things of great value. And I'm sure, like you, you could imagine, you know, somebody that I don't know if you guys have ever watched like these shows on like Discovery Channel. There's like so, I mean, millions of shows on Discovery Channel about people like searching for gold like in Alaska or in like, I don't know where, in the ocean somewhere and they're like dredging for it and all this stuff. And I, so, for some reason, I'm so fascinated with these shows, but they're searching for this, this stuff, but they have held it, they've handled it before, and they have some of this, if you will, in that show. They've, they've had this gold before. And, and in this story, when Jesus is talking about this merchant that he, I, can, I imagine, has some pearls and jewels and lots of different things. He's probably pretty wealthy already and, and has all these things already, but he found this pearl. He found something. He was searching out for it, and he found it, and it was of such value, of such a great price. It was of exceeding value, and when he found it, he sold everything that he has, every bit of what he has, so that he could buy it. So then we have Jesus pairing this with a parable that's just before it. And often Jesus does this where he pairs um, some of these parables together and, and gets different aspects out of each of the parables about the same thing that he's talking about. And this one, he's talking about the kingdom. He's talking about this merchant that was out searching for these treasures, for these things, and he found it and sold everything. And in this second parable, he's talking about someone that came across it by chance. And in verse 
44, he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. So in this story, you have this this man that is just, I guess, walking along a field and, and just you know, just like, hey, it's a nice day. I'm just walk along, walking along and happens upon this treasure. But he found this treasure and because, of he had, because he had such exceeding joy for finding this treasure, he sold all that he had. He gave everything up for this treasure that he found. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, um, but, but me, I'm kind of like possessive about my things, you know, which is really hard in my family because my kids, I've said this before, I don't mean to say it again, but but I probably will because my kids, it's like my sweatshirts, my shoes, my water, nothing is safe, nothing sacred around my family, you know, but like I, I, I have it doesn't even matter how much value it is, but like I, I feel like this possessiveness of the things that I have because I want to, for one, if they're going to get worn out, I want to be the one to wear them out. And, and two, you know, it's, it's mine. I, I will take care of it better than, than you'll take care of it. That's my thing. You have things too. Why you got to come, you know, I, I don't mean to just harp on this, but we bought all of our kids water bottles. You know whose water bottle they drink out of? Mine. And you know what they tell me? It tastes better. I don't go to this like miracle spring in the back of my yard and get water different than they get, you know? I don't. But but like they're like, I know I've got this water bottle and I filled it up earlier, but yours just tastes so good. I just want to drink your water. Anyway, the point of the message is that, that I feel this possessiveness about things. Like we have things. And I'm not really even just talking about things today, like, you know, sweatshirts or, or water bottles or things like that. I'm talking about who we are, what we've accomplished, maybe our job or our life that, that, that we have produced, you know, that, that we are, you know, if you're older, you know, that you've, I have to say older because whenever I say old, my grandma yells at me. So it's not old, it's older. If you're older than me, see, I'm safe. It's just, you might be older than me. I, I don't know. Okay. If you're older, You've become more established, you know? You've, you've you know, maybe bought a house and, and have some different things and you feel like you've made it. And those, all these things are the things that I'm talking about. I'm thinking, like, in this story, Jesus is talking about a merchant and then he's talking about somebody else that just comes across this treasure. But it doesn't matter what they have. No matter what the value of it was. And I, I think about that again. The reason I told those stories, I'm trying to relate that to myself. Like, think, 
you know, of course, a sweatshirt, I'll give that up, or a water bottle. It's not that big of a deal. But I think really more about, you know, who I am and what I'll give up of, of who I think maybe I am or maybe what I've produced in my life or, or my job. You know, I, I'm about ready to go on the mission field after hearing Dan speak. So, you know, I don't know about you. You guys, come on, you're just, you're just scared. God spoke to each and I'm all, probably half of you said go on the mission field and you're like, I'm just scared. That's what I'm talking about right now. See that, that, that thing in us that says, but, but I have this job or, or I have this thing or I have to, you know, whatever, my family or, or any of these things. And, and in this parable, just seeing that Jesus is talking about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Being a part of what God wants to do, what he has for us, who he is, his calling on our lives. And I think about, God, how many times have I not sold everything to grab hold of that treasure? How many times have I been reluctant, reluctant to just let go of something that I've been holding on to? Reluctant, something... And look, this isn't like minimizing the value of, well, let's say our job or our family or something that we've accomplished. It's not minimizing it that at all. What it is doing in this parable is maximizing the treasure that is found in the kingdom. See, because if you if it's minimizing the the you know, the things that we would have to sell, then it would be minimizing the kingdom. When I think about this, I think, you know, you say, oh yeah, they sold all they have. They probably just didn't have anything or they were ready to get rid of it anyways or whatever. No, I think in this parable, I'm, I'm imagining Jesus thinking about that they sold all that they had. It wasn't just some small thing. They sold everything. This merchant, like I said, he probably was wealthy. He probably had all kinds of established things, of a nice house and all this stuff. Sold everything. Because of the worth of what he found. Let me read it again. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it see the focus is on the 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 response the the joy of what he had found that it was so of so much more value than anything else he had or could have. It was so much more value that nothing else mattered. It was worth every sacrifice that had to be made to acquire this treasure. There was nothing that could hold him back from grabbing hold of this treasure. Man. 
In John 12, 3, it says, so you have a couple of places also in the New Testament that I, I believe really speak to this parable that Jesus is sharing with us. And I want to just look at them because I believe that they help us to wrap our minds also around this parable. And in John 12, 3, it says, Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard. Now, who would think that spikenard would be valuable? But it was. You know, can you just name it something that sounds valuable? This very costly oil of spikenard anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. And look, here in this, in this verse here, and it says a very, a pound of very costly oil. This is the same word that's used for the pearl of great price. It's the same word. It's, it's exceedingly expensive. It's exceedingly valuable. And the same word is used to, to describe this oil that Mary takes and pours on Jesus' feet. It wasn't something that was easy for her to do. It wasn't something that was just, you know, like, yeah, I got some, you know, whatever, I don't know what kind of other oil that's that just, you know, cooking oil. Here, I'll wipe your feet with it, you know. This was oil that was so valuable, so valuable. They say that this, that this amount of oil that she poured over his feet, that it was probably her nest egg, her, her, what she was saving up as, as like her inheritance or, or what she had for later on. It was like, you know, somebody buying gold, you know, I'm buying gold, saving it up, making sure I'm okay later. And she had this. But when Jesus was sitting there right in front of her, it didn't matter what the value of the oil was that she had, even though it meant everything and cost everything to her, like a year's worth of wages. Imagine that, a year's worth of wages. She's got this oil and she pours it on his feet. And in verse four, it says, but one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He's like, Why? Like, look, something better could be done with this. And he's taking this moment to look all holy and say, Actually, she could have sold this and actually given the money to help the poor. I love the way that this is shut down in this verse. Verse 6, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. And I think about so many times, I think about how he had this issue with her pouring this oil, this, the value was so expensive, but pouring it on Jesus' feet and anointing him with oil. 
And, and Judas, he's like, hey, she could have done better things with it. And I think in my life, sometimes I'm like, hey, you know, I've got this or I got that or I can do this or that and I can do better things. But in reality, what I'm doing is being a thief. What I'm doing is stealing. Stealing from God what he has for me. I'm stealing from God the ability to to lead me and guide me through to see what could actually happen whenever I walk forward in his plan. And the reason that I would do it is not because, you know, like to feed the poor. You know why I would do it myself? To make myself feel good. Why would I try to do it? on? Because it would make me feel good. And I think about this, and the, the whole point of this, the treasure, is not, it's not about us. It's about putting this value on Jesus, of course, and the kingdom of God. Supreme value, more valuable than anything that we could possibly, possibly have for ourselves. And when we come across the kingdom, and I love in those, in those stories too, I think about, you know, sometimes it's because we've searched out and grabbed hold of God. Sometimes we stumble across it, but it doesn't change the value of the kingdom. It doesn't change what you had. I think sometimes, okay, let me see. I'm gonna get a little, a little strong. People that have done all the research, they've studied and cultivated this relationship and, and, and this, this relationship with God. They, they've, you know, I, I just think about somebody that, and of course, myself, I have to study, not have to, I want to, but I have to learn and grow and prepare But it's not about the preparation. Because even if I stumbled across it, even if I stumbled into this relationship with God, it's the same value. So many times we can look at somebody that just fell into this place. And maybe it was that God tripped them up, you know, into this place of falling on their knees before him. But we can look and say, but I have done all this And look at what I've done for God. It's, oh, okay. You go to this place, Philippians 3, 5. And it says, though, okay, you have Paul. And he says, though I also might have confidence in the flesh, If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. It's like if you think that you're confident in what you've accomplished, all these things that I've talked about, you know, these the the things I'm trying to wrap us all around here. If you he's saying, if you think that you've done anything in the flesh that was so great and 
exceedingly valuable, it was nothing compared to what I've done. He's, he's leading us up to something. And then he gives us some of the things that were great value to him. That as he was growing up and even as he was older and, and a leader among the Jews that were of such value to him that he held them up for everybody to see. And he says, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel. I love that. Of the stock of Israel. Of the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of the Hebrews. If you think you're a Hebrew, you're nothing compared to me being a Hebrew. I'm the guy. In the dictionary, whenever you look up Hebrew, it points to Paul. You say, look, this is what I lived by and lived for. You think you're a Hebrew, but no, I'm the Hebrew of Hebrews. Concerning the law, a Pharisee is like, look, he's like, you want to talk about the law and talk about all the details of this religion that we're following, this thing that I was a part of. He said, if you want to talk about that, I was a Pharisee. I was the one that knew everything. Concerning zeal, prosecuting the church. It's like, you want to talk about the passion that I had? I was so passionate, I was persecuting the church. I was calling out people for the wrongs that they were doing and that they weren't following all the rules the right way. Concerning the righteousness, which is the, in the law, blameless. It's like, you want to talk about righteousness? I was blameless. I did everything right. I did everything right. He is basically building up this moment saying, I had all this treasure, what I thought was treasure. I was doing everything right. I had all the things together. I had my plan laid out. And everybody looked to me and said, you're the guy. In verse 7, he says, but what things were gained to me, these I've counted as a loss for Christ. All these things. And I took that, you know, my time, you know, bringing that point up. Like all this stuff, he's like, look, you want to talk about zeal? You want to talk about my passion? I had passion more than anybody about religious things. You want to talk about the law? I knew it all. I was the guy. I was born into the family, had all the stuff. But those things that were gained to me, these I've counted it loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, as rubbish that I might gain Christ. And I think about this. 
really my heart in, the, in this whole message is just, I, I mean, really just, when Dan was sharing up here, it's just about like God calling you. And talking about St. Louis and the things that are to come out of St. Louis, how does that, how does that happen? How are those things going to come to pass? And you might have a couple preachers that say, I'm going to do it. And I've talked to a couple of them. It's like, I'm coming here from somewhere else. And I'm going to set up shop in St. Louis because these prophecies have been spoken over St. Louis and this great thing is going to happen and I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to seek God and these great things are going to happen. But you know, you know what I think? It's not going to be because of the great preacher. It's going to be because of the great people. How is that going to happen is when we all understand the exceedingly great value of what we have found. That all else is rubbish. That it, it's meaningless. That I would just say, I've found God. I've found Jesus, this relationship with him and this calling that he has for my life. I've found it all. And all this is so much of so much worth that nothing else in my life matters. I will give it all up. I don't care. It's rubbish. I'm going to sell it all. You know what? I, <laughs> you know, we'd like to say, you know, like, yeah, if God called me to the mission field, I would just do it, you know, until he calls us. And it's a lot harder when he actually calls us than just saying that we would do it. And maybe it's not to the mission field. Maybe it's to, to step outside of your comfort zone and start actually talking to people that God is asking you to talk to and to pray for them and to tell them about God, about, about him. And to say, I've found this treasure. Is the treasure great, of greater value than our pride? It's the treasure of greater value than what we think that our reputation is. Are we holding that treasure that we found? With the value that, it, that it's worth. With how precious that it is. That's what I feel like. It's just being spoken in these parables and, and Jesus saying, look, there's this treasure. You may have stumbled into it. You, have may, you may have been on a journey to find this treasure, this relationship that you have with God, this, this passion, this zeal that you have. You, you may have even had this relationship. You may have even known God for many years. But do you see the value in what you have? Does that 
relationship does that calling that God is calling you to hold so much value that you would sell everything else to acquire it? Sometimes we just want to acquire some of the things that come with that treasure. I like this relationship with God. I, li I like, you know, He's given me peace and, and He's always there for me. And, you know, I just think about these, sometimes these conversations that we have, and it's just like, you know, it's been so good, my walk with God. But when my life is looked at, I don't want it to be that, yeah, I had a great relationship with God. I want it to be that people can see that we sold everything that we held dear in order to grab hold of what God has for us. In order to grab hold of that purpose that he's created you for. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.